calling is when your deep-seated joy collides with the world's deep-seated need. 50 years from now, and can say, man, what a gift that we applied ourselves to the practice of intentional reflection and deliberate action, choosing a word that is rooted in a truth to characterize and categorize our year. Well, hey there, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business at Path for Growth, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that Others may benefit and God may be glorified. And really, this podcast is just another iteration of that mission, of that purpose, of that why coming to life for you, the impact-driven leader. And I'm excited because today we've got a content episode. And anytime we have a content episode, I have a very specific objective in mind. We want to provide you with efficient and engaging content that makes you a stronger individual and a more effective leader in under 25 minutes. And I'll tell you, this one's going to be jammed impact because I've got a lot of information that I'm just hyper passionate about that I really want to share with you. Because what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about a practice that I started seven years ago. And it's a practice that I can legitimately look to and say that it's made an impact on my leadership and it's honestly changed the trajectory of my life. And I am someone that likes to exaggerate. I can be a very enthusiastic person, but I promise you when I say that this practice has changed the trajectory of my life, I can point to specific arenas where that's actually happened. So that's not exaggeration. That's not me being overly enthusiastic. That is reality. Because what we're going to talk about today is the fact that seven years ago, I started identifying a proverb from the book of Proverbs in the Bible and a corresponding word that I took from that proverb to define the theme or to characterize the year that was ahead. This is something that I did right around this time of year towards the end of December. I would thoughtfully and prayerfully consider a word and a corresponding proverb to characterize the year that was ahead. And so what I want to talk to you about today is number one, why this practice actually matters. Because I know that there's different versions and different ways of trying a practice like this where you have a word for your year. But so often what I've seen is that a lot of times that ends up not actually being very fruitful. And in fact, sometimes it can actually become a joke for people because it's a word that people love in January and then suddenly you get to March and they can't even remember what their word was. And that drives me crazy because these words that I'm about to share with you today have literally defined the past seven years of my life. So what I want to talk about first is why the work that we're going to discuss is worth it. We're we're going to discuss why it's worth it because it is legitimate work. It takes a high degree of intentionality. Now, if you just want a word that you choose and you give up on by the end of January, well, then that doesn't really demand much work at all. But if you want a word that sustains, if you want a word that gets with you in the trenches, if you want a word that you can carry with you to the peaks and that characterizes your conversations, characterizes your prayers, characterizes your study, and that's what we're going to talk about today, well, it demands a lot of work of you. And so what I want to start with is why is it worth it? And then I want to walk you through just high level the journey that I've been on as a case study for how powerful this practice can be. So I'm going to walk you through the seven years and the seven words that I've had over the course of the past seven years since 2013. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that I learned in using these words to characterize my year. And then finally, hopefully through that, I will convince you that this is a practice worth engaging in, that this is work that is 
is worth doing. And so to close, I'm going to give you some action items for doing this in a way that is two things. Number one, sustainable, and number two, meaningful. So we're going to start with why it's important. Then I'm going to give you the case study of my words, and then we're going to close out with the action items of how you can actually put all this into practice. And we're going to try and do all this, folks, in under 25 minutes. So buckle up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So why is it worth it? Well, I've got three reasons for you. Reason number one, I believe that intentionality and focus always go hand in hand. I want you to think about someone that you believe epitomizes or exemplifies intentionality, maybe in a specific area of their life. And I bet you the person that you're envisioning right now is a very focused person. That's because intentionality and focus always go hand in hand. If you're going to be an intentional person, you have to be a focused person. And part of defining a word to characterize your year is saying, I'm not just going to get better at everything I'm going to get better at this specific thing. I'm going to apply myself to this specific thing. I'm going to focus because intentionality and focus go hand in hand on this specific thing. And that really leads us into reason number two. I believe that specificity is powerful because specificity demands action. Seth Godin says, do you want to be a wondering generality or do you want to be a meaningful specific? A lot of times we shy away from specificity because we know that the minute we get specific about the type of person, the type of leader, the type of man, woman, husband, wife, father, mother that we want to become, well, the minute we get specific about who that person is going to be, then we're on the hook for it. Because specificity demands action. And that's why I love the exercise of defining a word to characterize your year and then communicating that word to other people. Because when I get specific about the thing that I'm going to focus on, the thing that I'm going to study, the thing that I'm going to pray about, the thing that I'm going to grow in, when I get specific about that with intentionality, well then, again, I'm on the hook for it. Because specificity demands action. And then reason number three, and this is one that I've honestly learned just in the past couple of years with regard to this exercise, and it's one of the hidden benefits of this that is just so cool. I've done some study on this, and it turns out that categories aid your brain in memory. Now go with me for a second. The use of categories help the brain with its memorization or with the way that it perceives the world. And here's how that applies to the subject we're talking about today. I'm going to tell you stories and I'm going to tell you things that I learned and I'm going to tell you quotes that I heard and stuff like that over the course of the past seven years that if it weren't for the word that served as a category for the year that I can think back to, there's no way I would be able to tell you what I learned in 2014. If you ask me on the street, what did you learn in 2014? I wouldn't be able to say anything, but now I can think back to, well, in 2014, my word of the year was discipline. The proverb was 12-1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. And I can go into a whole teaching, literally, I can't, I have a teaching on discipline that is really based on what I learned in that year 2014. What a gift. And that's something that I want, I mean, I want to be 80 years old and I want to look back and be able to go back and remember what happened in 2020, what happened in 2015, what happened in 2030. And 
categories aid your brain in that memorization. And so that's why this is one of the hidden benefits, one of the hidden gifts that I didn't think of whenever I established this practice, but it's just been so unbelievably awesome. So let's go over the reasons one more time. Number one, intentionality and focus go hand in hand. Number two, specificity always demands action. Number three, categories aid the brain in memory. So that's why this is so important. Now, what I want to do is I want to walk you through kind of as a case study, the words that I've established since I started this practice in 2013. Now, I wish I could tell you that I have some brilliant origin story for this practice. I honestly can't remember. And I was just literally just talking about memory. Well, this preceded me doing this. I can't remember where this came from. I think I might have been journaling and I literally thought to myself, well, I've been reading Proverbs for a while now. I might as well, uh, I might as well start choosing a word based on these Proverbs. But regardless, I started doing this practice in 2013 and the proverb that I chose was Proverbs 4.25. And here's Proverbs 4.25. If you're not familiar with Proverbs, it's the book of wisdom in the Bible. And a lot of these principles transcend your beliefs. I think many of these principles are things we could probably all agree on regardless of what we believe. And they're just written in a way that's remarkably succinct and incredibly poignant. So here's Proverbs 4.25. It says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And so when I think about that word purpose, that's the word that I drew out of this proverb. So, so that was the proverb that I focused on for 2013. And the word that I drew out of it was that word purpose. And really, when I think back to 2013, I was really trying to figure things out. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I certainly didn't want to say that I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I think, I, you know, I've shared on this podcast before, I loved communicating, I loved presenting, but I wasn't sure how that was going to play out. And I didn't really know how that could fit into a career or into a role. And I kind of had this corporate and political ambition. Thank goodness I didn't go that route. But I was just very, I mean, honestly, probably a little bit confused. And it was in the midst of that confusion that I coincided with this proverb in the year of 2013. And that's what I'll tell you is it's so easy to coincide with something like this for a day because maybe it's the fourth of the month and you read a proverb every day. And so it's like, oh, well, that's nice. And you learn about purpose for a day. But when you're intentionally focused on purpose for a year, man, it did something to me. Because one of the things that I pulled out of this proverb was that that phrase, ponder the path of your feet. And I just love that, that proverb now because the company is called Path for Growth. But what I realized is, man, give thought to the path that you are on. And what that really says is pay attention, open your eyes, and be sure that it's one that you can actually commit to. Be sure that it's one that you're not going to want to turn left or turn right, but it's that a, it's not just a path that you want to take. It's a path that you're called to take, and it's a path that you can commit to. And I started reading books about this concept that really up to that point, I hadn't really thought about that much, and the concept was calling. And I'll never forget, there was a book called Serious Times, and one of the quotes from the book that was so powerful was that calling is when your deep-seated joy collides with the world's deep-seated need. And it was at that moment in 2013, not that I defined my purpose, not that I figured out my purpose, but that I started to discern my purpose. 
It was also around that time that I drafted my first ever mission statement, my personal mission statement. And it's gone through several iterations now, but now my personal mission statement, I say to myself every morning, is it's to glorify the God of the universe by using the gifts he's given me, which are effective communication and leadership to inspire understanding, action, purpose, and faith in the lives of the people that I meet. For me, that's purpose. That's why I get out of bed in the morning. That's why I have energy. That's why it's all worth it. And that all came from that initial seed that was planted in 2013 from Proverbs 4.25. And then from there, we came to 2014. And by now, I had bought into this practice. And I got really excited because I read Proverbs 12.1. And Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. And I think I read that and I said, well, I don't want to be stupid. And I also loved the idea of, man, I, I like the idea of loving knowledge. And so I focused on that word discipline and discipline became the word of the year in 2014. And it's so cool that that year coincided with my graduation at the University of Texas. And one of the things that's just absolutely awesome is I got to have Admiral McRaven, which you may be familiar with him. He was the commander of the Osama bin Laden raid mission in Afghanistan. And he gave the commencement speech, just unbelievable commencement speech. You need to go watch it on YouTube because it was just unbelievable. And the slogan at the University of Texas is what starts here changes the world. And his speech was all about if you want to change the world, here's the things that you have to do. And the, the way that he started his talk is if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And the whole idea there was that there's value to starting every single day with a task completed. And although I didn't have this language at the time, I later learned that what that is, is establishing that habit of starting the day with a task completed and how that can have a ripple effect and ramifications for the rest of your day. And if you have enough days stacked up, that can have ramifications for your month, for your year, and ultimately for your life. What I learned is that that's the principle of keystone habits. And I paid attention to this. I focused on this because my word of the year was discipline, and it was all rooted in Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. So that was 2014, and that brought us to 2015, and I thought, oh man, I'll do something really, really uh, different for 2015, and I was reading through Proverbs. I'll never forget. I was sitting in my apartment, and I was reading through Proverbs, and I was feeling a little bit stressed out because, gosh, it was probably close to New Year's Day, which is when I like to have this word by, and I like to share with people what my word for the year is going to be on New Year's Day, and I was a little bit stressed out because I hadn't figured it out yet, and it was in that context that I was reading through Proverbs eight and one sentence stood out to me because it was so direct. It said, Oh, simple ones learn prudence. Again, Oh, simple ones learn prudence. And I read that and I just thought to myself, well, that's a word that you don't hear very much, the word prudence. And so prudence became my word of the year for 2015. I, I applied myself towards becoming a more prudent man. And what prudence means, I learned, is it's it's saying yes to the right things at the right times, but simultaneously saying no to the right things at the right times. Because saying yes to the right thing at the wrong time is not right action. And that's really what prudence all revolves around, I learned that year, is that it revolves around that topic of right action. Now, looking back, I, I think to myself oftentimes that in that year 2015, that year for me was a roller coaster. And looking back at that year, I honestly think that a lot of the ways that I learned prudence in that year 
was through mistakes, was through me being stupid, was me saying yes to the right things at the wrong times, me not saying no to the wrong things. It was just, I wasn't acting in prudence. And I look back and, and I think to myself, man, 2015, I learned prudence, but man, I learned prudence because I was being simple. And there's that whole line of be humble or be humbled. And in 2015, I feel like I became humbled because, again, I dealt with the consequences of not learning prudence. The ancient Greeks described prudence as the mother of all virtues because if you can have a discerning spirit for when is it the right time to say yes to the right things, for when is it right action, Man, that opens the door to so many other virtues, to so many other qualities. So prudence was 2015. And then in 2016, 2016 was one of those words that we're going to talk about in the action items at the end of this episode, that it was on the edge of excitement, but it also freaked me out (laughs) because 2016, the word was trust. And Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I think of this year for me, 2016, as the great loosening of my grip. And it was where I learned uh, that I am absolutely trusting in something. The question is not, am I trusting? The question is, what am I trusting? And if I'm trusting in myself, if I'm trusting in my achievements, if I'm trusting in my job, if I'm trusting in my resume, if I'm trusting in my relationships, even That is not a sustainable source to trust in because that cannot bear that thing, that man-made human thing cannot bear the full weight of my trust. It's it's in that context that I learned really what it means to trust the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And regardless of what you believe, I'm not trying to press my beliefs on you. I will just tell you, you are trusting in something. I really believe that. And so I would ask yourself, what is the thing that I am trusting in and can it sustain the full weight of my trust? Because you need to find something and that choice is up to you, but you do need to find something that can sustain the weight of your trust because otherwise you will end up devastated. It will be catastrophic whenever the thing that you've built your life around crumbles underneath your feet, unless it's something that can sustain your trust. That was 2016 for me. And then I moved on to 2017, and 2017 was, I believe, my first year at Ramsey. And Proverbs 16.3 is the verse that I chose. It says, commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And the word was work, because I knew that it was going to be a year. I mean, if you've heard of Ramsey Solutions, I knew, man, I'm going to do some work this year. But I also loved the end of that verse. Your plans will be established. And you hear that, and you're like, oh my gosh, that sounds a little bit like prosperity teaching. What is that? Well, what it's actually saying in this verse, if you actually go into the the actual word for commit that's being used here— What it's actually saying is roll your burden unto. So roll your burden unto something that can sustain it. In this case, it's God, right? Roll your burden onto God and and commit your work to him, right? And commit means like a full thing. It means like you're not withholding anything. It means that you're not keeping anything for yourself. You're rolling your burden onto the Lord in the present and your plans will be established in the future. 
And the most remarkable thing that I literally remember and I refer back to to this day from 2017 was a message that I listened to by Tim Keller where he talks about this verse and the message is your plans, God's plans. And we're going to put the link to that message if you want to listen to it in the show notes of this episode because it's such a powerful teaching on what it means to truly roll your work unto the Lord. And so that that year became work and I learned about diligence and I learned about intentional action and I learned that it's not always going to be convenient, but it can be worth it. And I learned about delayed gratification. And it was such a powerful year for me because I learned the value of work. And from there, we moved to 2018. And in 2018, the word of the year became acknowledge. And it was Proverbs 3, 6 that says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And there were so many things that that I learned from this year, and that word was really a powerful one for me. But I think the biggest principle that I took out of that year was that God is not around the corner. God is not just the God of your past. God is here now. And if you want to get in on what God is doing, you need to open your eyes and acknowledge that he is in the room. Right? If we truly believe that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent, that means he's all things everywhere, all the time. And that means that I have the opportunity right now to get in on what God is doing. I just have to open my eyes and be aware and choose to acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It says that literally in everything that you do, in your eating, in your drinking, in your working, in your talking, in your relationships, in your sleeping, in your waking up, if you can figure out the way in all those things to acknowledge where is God in this situation, then your paths are going to be straight. The times when they deviate is whenever we fail to ask the question, where is God now? And one of the things that I learned really as a career concept in this moment that kind of wasn't just about the spirituality side of things was that I had this incredible capacity to always live life for what is around the corner. I'm a very future-oriented person. I love planning things. I love setting goals. I love chasing new things. And as you're going to learn in 2019's word, that can actually be a really good thing. But I can do that to such a degree that I completely miss out from what's actually going in. And I'll never forget, I had a mentor in 2018 tell me this, and it applied so perfectly to this topic of acknowledging because he said, if you always live life for what's around the corner, Alex, you'll never actually live your life. Life is happening here. Life is happening now. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge what is in front of us right now, right here, today. And that brought us to 2019, which was more of a future-focused word because 2019 was the word prepare. And it was Proverbs 24, 27 that I got this from because it said, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. Now, I will tell you, for me personally, I really believe that this word prepare, one of the things that I was preparing for was the launch of this business that is now called Path for Growth. I believe that there are so many things that I look back to that year of 2019 that lay the groundwork for what I get to do today, and I had no clue what I was getting ready for. People would always ask me that year 2019, well, what are you preparing for? And I would tell them, I don't know. 
But here's the deal. I kind of choose to live under this idea that that the best is yet to come. And it's one of the things that I always say this time of year around my birthday. I truly believe the best is yet to come. And if that is true, then man, wouldn't I be wise to make sure that I'm ready for the best that is ahead? So we need to be present in the present, but we need to be prepared for the future. We need to make sure that if the best truly is yet to come, then we better be ready for when that best gets here. And preparation is so much about this topic of delayed gratification. I'm going to ignore what I want now so that I can prepare for what I want most. That was 2019 for me. And that brings us to the year of 2020, and y'all will get a kick out of this. Think of this. It's December 2019, and I'm thinking through and praying through what the word is going to be. And what I landed on was Proverbs 15:13. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. And I read that verse, and I just thought to myself, man, you choose words that are so intense sometimes, prepare and work and trust and prudence and discipline, and it just seems a little bit like I'm a kind of uptight. And I've gotten that feedback before where people just say, calm down, Alex, just be willing to have some fun every once in a while. And it was in that context that I read this verse, a glad heart makes a cheerful face. And I just thought to myself, Man, that honestly makes me a little bit uncomfortable, (laughs) choosing the word cheerful. That just seems so soft. But in praying about it and thinking about it, I just got this feeling that in 2020, that was going to be exactly right. And so one of the things that I focused on was making my default face a smile to the best of my ability. One of the things that I focused on was not creating a future that I love only, but also choosing to love where I am right now. And if I can't love where I am right now, then it means I need to change where I am right now. I I will tell you this business wouldn't exist if my word for the year wasn't cheerful in 2020. I will tell you that in all of the turmoil that we've been through, this word has been something that I can come back to and say, there's still reasons to have a glad heart. There's still reasons to be grateful. There's still reasons to smile. There's still people that you love in this world. There's still great things that are happening in this world. There's still opportunity and there's still unbelievable things happening here in the present today. There's things to create. There's things to invest in. There's people to meet. And as a result, I can be incredibly glad. And the proverb says that a glad heart makes for a cheerful face. What a gift that was in 2020. And I could have never expected how providential that would have been whenever I chose that word at the end of 2019. So I know you're probably wondering, well, what's the 2021 word? I don't know yet. Uh, I'm recording this. Let's see. It's December 26th. I'm praying about it right now. I'm thinking about it right now. I've got some ideas in my head that I'm mulling over and some proverbs that I'm mulling over, but I'm going to spend some more time with it. And I'll certainly be letting y'all know whenever I do. But what I want to talk about now is what are the actions that you can take in these final days of the year to choose your word? And I want to give you a couple of actions for how can you do this in a way that's both meaningful to you, but also sustainable. Because what I don't want is for you to choose a word that you then look up and you can't remember three months later. I want you to choose words like these that literally seven years I can look back and I can say, man, these are the seven years of my life since I started doing this practice. Number one, set a deadline. And I'll set the deadline for you. January 1st is your deadline. 
do it by January 1st, unless you're listening to this podcast after that, in which case the second best option is tomorrow. Set a deadline for yourself though, because you will mull over and say, oh, well, is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know how to decide. There's not a right or wrong. Just decide. Pray over it. Think about it. Say, can I do this in such a way that it honors the things that I value? And if you can, then that's the word. The next thing you need to do, and this is what I did, is root the word in something meaningful. This is part of what made this sustainable for me is it it just wasn't at my whim or what I liked or what would be convenient for me. It's rooted in a proverb. It's rooted in what I believe to be true. And so what I would tell you is find a quote or find a proverb or find a psalm or find a verse or find a book that you believe to be truth. Find something that you look at and you say, that is my source of truth. And that can be different for each person where you decide that you get truth from. But what I would tell you is that thing that you get truth from, you should decide that that's going to be the thing that you root this in and then, and then choose something from that, right? Root the word in that because that is meaningful and that can bear the weight of what you want this word to do. That can be a thing that you look to. And I would also tell you, run where you get truth through a pretty strong filter. Because it can be really dangerous to get truth from places that aren't truthful. That's the longest I'm going to go on that because we could record a whole episode on that. Just make sure you're leaning your ladder against the right wall. So we're going to set a deadline. We're going to root the word in something meaningful. Then we're going to invest time in choosing a word that strikes the balance between what makes you excited and what makes you uncomfortable. If you're only uncomfortable about it, it's not going to last. If you're only excited about it, then come on, you're not growing. I want you to choose something that hits the intersection of excited and uncomfortable and forces you to grow. It's so funny. That's what cheerful was for me this year. That's what prepare was for me. I would have rather had in 2019 a word that was less about preparing and more about doing the thing. I was ready to go at that time, and it turns out what I needed to focus on was preparation. So choose something that will both make you excited, it's what you want to do, but it's also uncomfortable, it's what you need to focus on, it's what you need to do. Then I want you to tell people about it because there's nothing like people holding you accountable to that word. Then I want you to align your habits with your word. And we're actually doing something here soon in Path for Growth that I'm so excited to tell you about here at the end of this episode that's going to help you do that if you want to be involved in it. And then finally, when people ask you how they can be praying for you, this is how you answer them. When people say, is there anything I can do to help you? This is how you answer them. You say, well, man, my word of the year right now is cheerful. So if you could be praying for me in that way, man, my word of the year right now is prepare. So if you have any books or any recommendations of podcasts on preparation or something you've learned, specific questions create specific answers. And so when people ask you how they can be praying for you, how they can help you, what you're learning right now, focus on your word for the year. Focus on that theme. That's what I want you to do. And my challenge to you is to actually follow through with this practice because seven years from now, you'll look up and you'll have a list like me. And then we can both look up 50 years from now and we can say, man, what a gift that we applied ourselves to the practice of intentional reflection and deliberate action, choosing a word that is rooted in a truth to characterize and categorize our year. 
And y'all, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is that I'm so excited because one of the things that we're doing here coming up within Path for Growth is our personal Path for Growth, where we take these words and other words as the vision for who we want to be as leaders and as men and as women and as people who we're called to be. And out of that, we define the things that we're going to do, the habits that will create that person. And there's a specific process that I walk through that's five steps, reflection, vision, action, destination, elimination. And we're doing something really cool. We're doing a workshop within the Path for Growth community on that process, and we're going to make it an open house. I'm so excited about this. So here's the details. It's going to be a Zoom workshop, so it's going to be done virtually, and it's going to take place on January 4th, 2021, obviously, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Again, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Central Time, we're going to have this workshop. And y'all, I'm really, really excited to walk uh, you and also anyone you choose to bring. But here's what we need you to do. We're going to put the email address for my assistant in the show notes of this episode. And you need to shoot her an email if you want to reserve your spot and get the calendar invite because there's a limited number of spots. Now, it's completely free. We're not charging a dime to attend this thing. And we're literally going to walk you through the creation of your habits and vision plan for 2021. This is your personal path for growth. So again, it's 1 to 2.30 p.m. Central Time on January the 4th. And if you or anyone else that you know wants to come, you're going to send an email to lane at pathforgrowth.com. That's L-A-Y-N-E, my wonderful assistant, at pathforgrowth.com. And if you send an email there and just say, hey, I'd like to come to the personal Path for Growth workshop, she'll make sure you she reserves your spot and we'll get you the calendar invite. Y'all, I hope that you can make it to that because that's going to be just a wonderful time to think intentionally about the year that is going to be and really a system and a process that has absolutely legitimately changed my life. So I hope that this episode was valuable for you today. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas spending time with people that you love. And I hope that you're getting geared up, game on, hyped up, ready to go, prepared for 2021 because I'm convinced that the best is yet to come. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.